I am not an expert. I've never published a book or taught a class, but I love quilting and I love talking about quilting. I make a lot of mistakes, but I like to think that sometimes I learn from them and get just a little bit better. If hearing about someone else's goofs and mess-ups makes you feel better about yours, then I've done my job. So join me now as we talk about quilting for the rest of us. Hey, I'm Sandy and I'm a quilter and welcome to episode 182 in which I finally talk back to comments. And I am recording this on Sunday, April 26, 2015. I want to start by saying thank you to everybody for listening, especially because I haven't been talking back to your comments lately and I've got a lot. So I'm going to be um, not giving a whole lot of Sandy update, although I don't have a ton to give anyway today. Um, a few little things here to talk about, but mostly I'm going to be responding to listener feedback on blog posts. If you remember, last week I focused on listener comments to past podcast episodes. This week I'm catching up with blog posts. Um, I don't know that I'm going to get to this week's comments. I've got quite a few of those, so I may have to post those <laughs> into next week, but at some point we will get caught up. Now, that being said, I am not responding to every single person's uh, comment. This would be a, you know, multi-hour long episode, but I will um, be highlighting a few things and saying thank you to everybody. Um, I really enjoy getting comments. That's why I do these talkback uh, things rather than um, just sort of saying a blanket. Thank you. I do want to actually highlight how much, how much fun I have hearing from you. Uh, so we'll be um, featuring those in this episode. I don't have any announcements this episode, so let's go straight to my Sandy update. The first and most exciting thing is that I got my mug rug from my swap partner this week from Carrie, aka Carrie Berry on Twitter. Made me a wonderful mug rug that is hanging on my wall. <laughs> Not that I put my mugs on the wall, but instead there is no stinking way I'm ever putting a mug of coffee on the face of these adorable little pudgy birds that she made for me. Um, it's very cute. It's two pudgy birds on a uh, branch with a few leaves. She did a fantastic job appliquing, and I believe she said this was her first time ever appliquing. So I will post a picture of it eventually, but I want to get mine done first, and then I'll, I'll do one blog post that has both of them in there. But Carrie, if you haven't, uh, I think I tweeted a picture of it. Carrie, make sure you put a picture. If you took one um, in the Flickr group, if you didn't take one before you mailed it, I will let me know and I will make sure I post mine. Um, Carrie also included a fat quarter in the, she actually wrapped it in a fat quarter um, of the same fabric that she used for the binding. It's a really cute stripe fabric. So um, I have that sitting aside as well to see what I might eventually do with it. So thank you again so much, Carrie. I really appreciate that. And I'm a little bit late getting off the launching pad with mine only because I was brewing it for, <laughs> brewing a mug rug, <laughs> unintentional. Um, <laughs> anyway, it was, uh, okay, the next word that came to mind was percolator. I guess I'm really in this coffee mode right now. Um, I've been thinking about it for quite a while and kept changing my mind what I was going to do, and then I'd pull out fabrics, and then that wouldn't do anything for me, and I finally know what I'm going to do. I've got it kind of in my head. I didn't really sketch it out, but I do have it in my head, and I started working on it a little bit today. I'm going to be working on it more tonight. It might, unfortunately, take me a while to get done because of what I chose to do. It's sort of a... Um, 
time-consuming process, I guess we could call it fun. Oh man, I'm having fun with it. Um, and more than that, I can't really say because <laughs> it'll give it away. Uh, so anyway, Carrie Berry, I'm having fun making it if I don't mess it up. I really did just start it. So we'll have to see how it turns out. But I hope you like it when you get it. Anyway, uh, so um, <laughs> I, also, I also have to laugh because I feel like I'm saying, you know, I'm going to see if I can actually pull off this design and, and how that might make Carrie just a little bit nervous <laughs> about what she's actually going to get. Um, but anyway, I'm having a good time with it. So we'll see if it turns out to be something good. <laughs> if not, I might have to go buy one and pass it off as my own work, kind of like we do when we bring brownies to Quilt Guild and pretend we baked them. Um, <laughs> In any case, I am also still plugging away at that Annie Unrine Everything in Its Place bag. I did get a couple of more steps done this week, but it really, it's just something I just have to be in the right frame of mind to do. And in fact, I was telling my husband this morning, I was, um, I just, I kind of woke up, I, I, I don't want to say I woke up on the wrong side of the bed, but I was just in, in not an overall emotionally balanced state. <laughs> I don't know what was going on. Um, you know, I was feeling fine. We had a long day yesterday, a busy day, but it was a really good day. So I don't think it was any residual introvert, you know, silliness. I don't know what was going on, but I was a little moody this morning. And I said to him, you know, I really, I'm looking forward to spending the day in my sewing room, but I'm just not sure I should tackle that bag today. <laughs> I said, I'll either end up in tears or throwing it out the window. So I decided, no, I'm not, you know, I decided I'd poke away at some other stuff first that I, I knew I had better attitudes towards. And I actually got a lot done while I was avoiding working on that bag. So I guess it all, it all comes out in the wash. But anyway, I did, I did get a little bit more done on it this week. I've still got a lot more to do. Um, I'm out a couple of nights this week, I think, but I, I should be able to work on a little bit more here and there. I did put a little bit on my blog about it, um, I think last Wednesday. I think it was a work in progress Wednesday post, although I don't believe I ever remembered to go in and link up with, um, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the name of the person who runs the work in progress Wednesday link ups. Anyway, um, so there is something on my blog about the bag, not very exciting pictures at this point. However, someone told me I should buy Annie Unrine's Diddy bag pattern. I don't remember who it was that told me to. I did buy it, so whoever it was, I'm going to hunt you down. I'm going to find you because this is your fault. I am not going to try it <laughs> until after I've gotten these other two bags done. Um, whoever it was that told me that I should try this, you know, you got to fess up to me so I can give you appropriate blame, but <laughs> it, um, it's supposed to be an easier bag. Certainly, it's it's cute. I, I love Annie Unrein's designs. I will say that. Her her bags are always very cute, and they always seem very practical, which is why I bit on this bag, because I, I do, on this pattern, I do need various sorts of bags to keep my stuff more organized when I travel, mostly electronics and things. Um, so, in any case, whoever it was, you that talked me into the Diddy bag pattern, I did buy it and we'll see if I ever get it made. Um, on the flip side, what I really am enjoying and getting a lot, a lot out of is my embroidery. I've made a lot of progress on that this week. It's, it's mostly, it's just so nice to have something I can work on while I'm watching TV with my husband. So it's, it's gotten to the point now where 
I'm sort of being proactive about that. If I know we're going to have an evening home, I make sure I've got something set up and, and ready for me um, to make progress on. Mostly I've been working on the Suspargo project still. Um, I'm pretty much, I think I've got to just say I'm pretty much done with the class at this point because I've watched all the lessons. I've practiced almost all the stitches. There's one more um, that if I can get to it tonight, I, I will. There's one more stitch I want to practice. I suppose I had to go back and try that one that was my Waterloo. I don't even remember now what, <laughs> what stitch it was. I do remember whining about it several weeks ago um, on this podcast, but I suppose I ought to now that I've got a few more stitches under my belt, maybe go back and try that one again, but I'd have to look up which one it was. Um, but in any case, you know, I've really gone through the whole class now, so I, I could easily do the review on the blog and call the class done, even though I haven't finished the project. Now, I do have two other embroidery classes. I think I've got both. I know I bought one more. I've got the other one on my wish list, or I already bought it. I'm not sure. I'd have to look now because they were both on my wish list for a long time. Um, and what I might do is finish the one, it call the Sue Spargo class finished, and then watch the other two and use whatever I'm learning from. I use this butterfly project as my project for those classes as well. The one. Um, the one class I have is on Cruel Embroidery, C-R-E-W-E-L, if you're not familiar with it, Cruel Embroidery, which is embroidery, but it's it's a little bit different. And I'm not sure I could mix that style or use that style of embroidery successfully on my butterfly project. I need to watch the lessons and see if it would translate to that project. I'm really looking forward to the class because that's another form of embroidery that I just, I think it's just lovely. Um, now, part of that is the particular designs she uses in the class. I really like um, the Jacobean embroidery designs. Um, so I don't know. That's that's something that's still under consideration is how how I'm going to approach those other two embroidery classes. The other uh, embroidery, the third embroidery class is just kind of straight up hand embroidery. Um, and so what I might do is bump both of those into my working on my craftsy update list where I say which classes I'm actively working on at any time. Um, you know, I still am working on the Craftsy Block of the Month, but working on is in air quotes because <laughs> I haven't done a block since the first block of February. I still have the second block of February, all of March, and all of April to do. Um, I know March is only one block. I'm hoping April's only one block. I never watched it, I don't think. Um, and now, of course, we're coming up on May, so I am getting way behind on that. What I need is like a long weekend home with nothing else to do where all I do is work on those blocks, <laughs> I guess. It's just, you know, templates get me down. Um, but in any case, what I might do is is pop the two embroidery classes onto into my current um, active schedule of what I'm working on. And then, like I said, use the Sue Spargo project to continue to practice stitches from those other classes. Um, and eventually I might get it done. So anyway, I did post a progress and goals blog post today that says, you know, that's here's what I've gotten done this week and here's what I want to try to get done this coming week. And I talk a little bit more about the butterfly project in there. So you can see how I'm sort of shifting my approach towards it at this point. Um, I, and also on the embroidery, I did do a little bit of beading in my embroidery this week with because um, Sue Spargo, the last lesson in her class talks about beading and Oh, that's just fun. It's just fun. A little bit of bling on my butterfly. <laughs> it, it's. I'm going to be doing more of that too. So, um, I, yeah, I went to Joanne's, bought a bunch of beads. Um, 
it's just it's it's a nice little accent here and there on the project so that's definitely I'm, I'm pretty sure this embroidery thing is probably going to stick because I'm just having so much fun with it now again unlikely that I'm going to do the really finicky fine I shouldn't use the word finicky that probably sounds a bit like a judgment um the more uh fine detailed <laughs> type of embroidery uh that you know I like the kind of bigger stitch stuff the the type that Sue Spargo does um, cruel embroidery that's what I really seem to enjoy doing not the really detailed kind of stuff so we'll see um, you know that that may evolve as well but I'm, I'm just really enjoying it and boy collecting threads is probably even more addictive than fabric because it's sort of like buying a Hershey's Kiss compared to a big old chocolate bar you know I, I want them both but those kisses are just so little and cute and you just kind of want to grab a little spool or grab a little packet of a specialty thread <laughs> or whatever you know that doesn't mean they're much cheaper than fabric in fact I you know one thing a thread specialty thread is easily as much as a yard of fabric if not more um but gosh they're just yummy so anyway I'm, I'm amassing quite the embroidery thread collection and could be well on my way towards building a, a respectable bead collection just in what I've picked up for this one project I am still organizing I've talked about that in my blog and in my last couple of uh, podcasts I my desk is now wonderfully clean and organized and it wasn't too bad before I tend to keep my workspace pretty well cleaned and organized because I don't I can't focus well when stuff is too cluttered um, but there was there was some stuff in my inbox that <laughs> had been there you know a while so uh, and I you know I don't also amass a lot of paper now if I were to clean out my computer files that would be a whole other thing because that's the nice thing about storage is you just move it into another folder or throw it on an external hard drive you don't actually have to sort through and get rid of stuff so so I, I you know I can't claim to be um a huge uh neat freak when it comes to work because most of it's digital so I don't have to be um but in any case it felt good to have that sorted and dealt with I did a full update of my UFO list uh, there were a few that were missing from my first progress and goals uh, when I did that very first progress and goals check-in which was I think two weeks ago now um, so what I've done is converted a page on my website to just the full list so if you're interested in that you can go look at it I think I might have linked it in a blog post today maybe too um, I know nobody else is really interested in reading the whole list of UFOs that I have <laughs> but I'm I'm hoping that maybe it'll keep me more accountable if I have it out there for <laughs> all to see and then hopefully I will actually keep remembering to update that page as well um, now here's the interesting thing somehow as organized as my sewing room really pretty much always has been recently as I've cleaned it I seem to have lost my fabric scissors <laughs> I only had one good pair of fabric scissors um, and that's because for the 15 years I've been quilting I was always able to keep track of them nobody else in the family ever uses them and I'm pretty sure I can't blame anybody else for losing this pair of scissors because I know I was using them relatively recently and I also know that I realized they were gone before the last time my daughter came home so I can't even blame her um, and my husband knows not to use any of my scissors so I you know and I even said to him have you seen them around because I wasn't sure if maybe they had just wandered out of the office but no he hasn't seen them 
I, I'm really thinking that what might have happened is the two places that they live, either on the side of my sewing table or on the side of my cutting table, you know, but the two of them are right next to each other, so I use them in one place or the other, I think it might have actually fallen off into the trash can and I just never noticed and then I took out the garbage. Now I did go through one of my trash cans today, which I haven't empty, emptied in a few weeks, but because it doesn't collect much. The other one I just recently emptied and I'm a little bit worried that I might have thrown out my fabric scissors. Uh, so I did have to end up having to go online and I, re I replaced them with the same pair. That What they are, they're my favorite pair of fabric scissors. I really like them. They're the Ginger um, Featherweight. So they're, you know, all the quality of the regular Gingers, but they're not the full metal scissor. And those full metal scissors, my mom used to have them. They're just, I don't like using them much because they're too heavy. This is mostly, it's a good hard heavy plastic. It's very comfortable in my hand but then it's got the metal blades. I, I love these scissors. I've used them, like I said, for, you know, ever since I began quilting. Um, and they never got dull. Never, I don't even know if you could sharpen them because they're kind of encased in plastic, but um, I never had a problem with, never even wanted to. So I ended up just replacing them with the same pair. Again, that's the Ginger Featherweight, if you're interested, they're on um, Joanne's website. They're also half the price of a full metal Ginger. So, um, you know, that's useful as well. But anyway, I ended up having to buy a new pair of scissors. And you know what's going to happen, of course, is the minute I get the new scissors, the old ones will turn up. I just, I can't, I've looked everywhere. I've looked in every bag. And I don't have that many bags that I use for classes. I use the same couple of bags and I've looked in them and they're not in there. And I know I've had it since the last class I took. So I, I just, I don't know. I don't know what happened. Um... So anyway, that's enough of my Sandy update. Like I said, I'm just kind of, you know, it's still, I'm sorry, hang on. Okay. I was just moving my desk um, keyboard around. I, it, I'm, I'm just kind of still working on the same stuff I have been. Now today, um, this afternoon, I was able to, like I said, I, I was finally able to start getting the um, Carrie's mug rug out of my head and into reality. So I, I'm gonna be working on that this week. Um, oh, I did have a finish. I'm sorry, I, I didn't write a note to myself about this. I did finally finish my March journal quilt. And so you will be seeing, I've already written the blog post, but I um, scheduled it to go live on Tuesday uh, because I already did a blog post today and I've already got one going live tomorrow. So the finished blog post will go up on Tuesday. Um, it's another very experimental piece. So it's nothing that I think is a great work of art, but I had a lot of fun doing it and I learned a lot. And those are the two, the two main criteria. Um, so be watching for that blog post. Um, other than that, I'm going to be working on the mug rug, um, another project, finishing off. I have the very last finishing touches to put on my prayer flag tonight to call it really done. I've got the backing. I, I just need to stitch it on. Um, and I, I guess that's kind of all I'm working on right now. So um, what I'm going to do is go through highlights of my fifth podcast anniversary comments. I can't read every one, obviously, and I, I can't even read all the names because a lot of you joined in on <laughs> the fifth podcast anniversary. But there were some highlights I just wanted to mention. Um, first of all, thank you to everybody for playing along with that because I did have a lot of fun with it. Um, I got, but those of you who needed me to actually physically mail you the your winnings, I got them in the mail last weekend, I think it was. Um, they're already in the mail, so hopefully you've already gotten them by now. Um, if not, they should be coming soon, but I think they were all supposed to arrive this week, so just let me know if you got them. Um, I hope you did, because I didn't really put insurance 
on any of them either. Um, but again, anyway, that was a lot of fun to do. Um, Kenzie, particularly if, if you recall, one of the things I'd asked is uh, for you to leave a comment on my blog about uh, what, one, what one of your favorite memories was from my five years of podcasting, basically, I think is the question I came up with. And Kenzie said she particularly likes my dying journey. She said she's dying vicariously, which sounds to me a bit like a Criminal Minds episode. <laughs> But that, but good, Kenzie, and I hope it's no longer vicarious, but you, but you do actually start dying fairly soon because it, it is a lot of fun. Um, Dwinter, or D. Winter, likes to hear about Shipshawana travels because she'd like to go there sometime. And, and I will say go. Shipshawana is really, it's, it's a little bit kitschy <laughs> and, and um, definitely kind of touristy, but Lolly's is great. The Blue Gate is great. Um, I've heard some people since who live in the area have told me of other quilt shops and stuff in the area. I never have that much time because when I do, when I am able to go there, I'm always on my way home um, and just kind of, you know, horse for a barn door kind of thing. But uh, if you do decide you should go, you should make sure you um, get onto Twitter and then start finding out because there are people in the area who would absolutely love to play tour guide. Um, Lynn D found that... Um, Oh, she found that my podcast in which I talked about finishing my mom's UFOs really struck a chord with her. And she said it's been 10 years since her mother passed away and she still hasn't been able to bring herself to finish her mother's UFOs. She is determined to finish them one day. And my suggestion, Lynn, pull one off the shelf now and just do it. Because part of what happens is things build up in our mind that they're going to be really emotional or really difficult and we have to sort of get ourselves over the hurdle of that first one and just do it and then once you do it then you'll find okay you know it might be a little bit emotional or it wouldn't it wasn't as emotional as you thought it was or it was emotional in a different way you know like a, a happier emotional than a sad one so i would just say do one just do one get it out of the way choose a small one that you can kind of knock off pretty quickly and just kind of get it over with. And then I think you'll find it will be easier to approach the other ones after that. Um, I, and this particularly struck me this week because it was my aunt's 80th birthday party yesterday. It was one of the two family events we went to. And um, my this aunt is the one that's the only uh, remaining sibling of my mother. So my mom was one of three sisters and my mom and her older sister have both now passed away. And so this is the younger sister. And so for a birthday gift for her, I decided I would go down into the basement um, through the family albums, because I have most of them, but not all of them. A couple of my sisters have some of them as well. But I thought, you know, I bet you I can find a photo of the three sisters together when they were kids. And sure enough, I did. I found two from the same trip, obviously. <laughs> and, and I um, took a photo of them and then put the photo on my computer and did some photo editing and had them printed and put them in um, a frame, you know, one of those 2Z folding frames. And she really appreciated it. But in, in any case, as I was going through the photo albums in the basement, um, one of them was in the same bin as where all of the stuff for my dad's memorial service was. And now my dad's been gone 14 years now, I think, 14 years. And one of the things that I had in there, or that my mom had put in there, because it was her um, collection of Dad's Memorial Service memorabilia that I was going through, was the piece that I had written for my Dad's Memorial Service. I was unable to read it myself. I had a friend of mine read it on my behalf, but I was sitting there in the basement reading it the other day, and I was in tears again. But it, it didn't, it felt different. It was more of a, 
if there is such a thing, it was a good cry, <laughs> not a, a sad cry. I mean, it was a, yeah, I miss you, but it, it's kind of, I've integrated those memories now. It's kind of hard to describe, but I'm sure any of you who have been through it know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, but that's just to say 14 years later, it still hits you sometimes. Um, and it could be that that and combined with going to my aunt's 80th birthday yesterday, um, and they had photos going on a you know TV screen kind of off to the side. And of course my mom was in some of the photos and my dad was in a couple. And just this was this is my favorite aunt she's a hoot um and just you know again sharing old stories and everything and then the second family event we went to was a fundraiser for my husband's cousin who um is younger than us had some serious uh brain issues this year they thought it was a tumor but it turned out to be an abscess but in any case he's now essentially um it's the prognosis is a lot better than it could have been certainly but he's got some residual symptoms that are sort of like uh, essentially like he's had a stroke and I think part of why I was a little bit emotionally uneven this morning was just the whole thought of life and death issues and how fragile life is and all of that I think sometimes it just sort of swims over you um, and so a little bit of fabric therapy this afternoon was a good thing and I really didn't mean this podcast to go down that path so here let me try to bring it back into our happy place <laughs> Um, on the other hand, we all deal with this, so you know it, it happens everywhere. Um, let's get back to the comments. Kathy also wanted to say congratulations to my uncredited con contributors, uh, meaning my dogs that you occasionally hear, if I don't remember to throw them out of the office first. I typically keep them out of my office because they will start barking at random times. Um, I mean, I keep them out of the office while I'm recording a podcast or while I'm on conference calls. Uh, Aaron's fave were the, are the quilty resolutions that I do each year. And that reminded me that I never set up any sort of quarterly check-ins this year, the way I did last year. So what I might do is maybe a six month check-in on those quilty resolutions that you all made to see how you're all doing. Cause I do think it helps sometimes to have us do a check-in. So keep posted for that. That might happen. Um, Marianne gave a shout out to the episodes with Jay and the principles of design. Yay, Jay. I think Jay and I have to have a conversation about um, whether there are more episodes to be done and if so, how we want to handle that. Um, Jill finds the podcast, in her words, she said, a comfortable place to be. And Jill, that just really struck me. I love that. Um, I was told once that my style of entertaining is also very comfortable, that, that people just like to come to my house and they feel like they can put their feet up. And I, I, I really hold on to that. I think my mother did that. And I think that's a piece of my mother I still have in with me. Um, so I just, I love the fact that people feel like even in this podcast, you can put your feet up and enjoy yourself. So, so thank you, Jill. That, that meant a lot to me that you said that. Um, and Linda still gets choked up when she hears my dedication to my mom. And yes, as you can tell from this from this episode and several things I've already said that mom is still writ large in my life, especially my quilting life. Debbie's favorite story is from when I made a pillow for my daughter out of a t-shirt. And when I gave it to my daughter, she said, Hey, I used to have a t-shirt like that. And to which I can only say now, yep, that's my daughter who's about to graduate from college. Go take on the world, sweetheart. Your powers of observation are just precious. Yes, that was a, a, one of those kind of frustrating and entertaining moments at the same time. I haven't even asked her where the pillow is. My, uh, well, she's moving home soon. I'm sure I'll trip over it in the basement probably. 
Um, Nancy likes it when I give her permission to give it up or get rid of it. And, you know, I was thinking maybe instead of uh, go get your quilty on at the end of every episode, I should start ending with go get rid of it, give it up, be free. Because <laughs> I know I've been doing some of that in my life. Um, Margaret in Alberta loves that I seem to be following her path in everything, just about everything, except the nasty K word. And you know what I mean, Margaret. Glad that I've helped Kat get back into quilting. And to which I say, Kat, go get your quilty on. Make sure you're still quilting. Colleen loved the story about the um, baby quilt that ended up with a huge um, pucker in the back of the quilt after I'd quilted it. And so I cut it down and then I had to cut it down again because I was trying to trim the, the pucker <laughs> out of the back of the quilt. And it got down to the side of essentially a placemat on a table, at which point I think I finally just trashed it all together. Um, and yes, that is definitely, uh, Nancy, one of those get rid of it, give it up, be free moments. So, so Colleen, thank you for reminding me of that rather traumatic moment in my quilty life. Um, yeah, I don't think I ever ended up doing anything with that quilt except throw it out because there was just no saving it at that point. Um, Debbie says she has listened it for years but rarely comments. I'm just going to let that sit there for a minute. <laughs> Debbie, comment. That's all I have to say. D. Britt, welcome aboard. She is a new listener. Glad to have you. On the flip side, Tammy has been on board since the get-go. And Tammy, you know, here's your Valium, honey. Sleep it off. <laughs> you're, you're a survivor. Karen's also been listening since the beginning. And, I'm, I, you know, maybe we should start a therapy group, Survivors of Quilting for the rest of us. <laughs> hey, I'm Karen. And I'm a survivor of the podcast. <laughs> Okay, Karmit found the Twilters through this podcast, and let me say that's a great find. We Twilters really do love each other, and in fact, Daisy got us started, I think, sending Twilter hugs around to each other the other night, just sort of very randomly. It really is. It's a, it's a wonderful Twitter community, and I'm struck by the fact that there are some folks on Twitter that I talk to pretty much every day, just even if it's just a couple of things back and forth about what we're working on pretty much every day. And I can't tell you other than the people that are living in my own house, who else I talk to every day. So it really is. It's a, it's a real community on there. If you're not on Twitter, you should be, and she should find us. Um, let's see, where am I? Nancy and her husband had great fun. Yeah. Laughing at me. <laughs> great fun laughing at my terrible ordeal of the drive home from Wisconsin last summer. And yeah, we can all laugh now, I think, although at some point, well, I'm not going to be in Wisconsin again for, oh, several years anyway, <laughs> where I know I'm going to be the next few summers, Wisconsin isn't in there. Um, so hopefully I won't have that kind of drive home again. And I want to say finally, someone who enjoys my refusal to start knitting, and that would be Peg. Thank you. However, Peg, I have to forgive you that for the fact that you did eventually go over to the dark side not gonna do it. And apparently this podcast led Jackie into the world of quilting podcast blogs, twilters, and friends. And I have to say that Jackie is a very, very active participant in that world now. Um, talk about people that I Twitter with just about every day. Um, Jackie, I'm really glad that you found all of that and that you're a part of it because I love reading your blog and love you on Twitter. Uh, Kari says she loves hearing me talk about my fabric dyeing because she is gearing to do some this summer. So email me. We'll talk. Love to hear about what you're doing. If you, I mean, I'm not 
expert by any level, but I am somewhat experienced now. <laughs> so if you've got any questions, lay them on me. Sarah pointed me towards a free class from Kathy Shaw on dyeing ribbons and laces for crazy quilting. I did go to the website at the time, but I couldn't, I don't remember now whether the whether I couldn't figure out what the registration was. I think it was that I couldn't actually do it at that point. Um, but I'm going to have to check again later. Sarah, if you know anything about any upcoming classes, let me know. Because that is something definitely I'd be interested in looking into. Steffi, I miss... Steffi, by the way, used to send me photos every summer, and I don't think I got any last summer, did I? But you don't have to wait for the summer to send me photos. Anyway, she enjoys my thematic episodes, like the ones that I did way back when about scraps and such. And, you know, I haven't been doing thematic ones lately. Um, I have thought about it, because to some degree that does help me plan out ahead of time what I might talk about for any given episode. Um, you know, actually, like, be prepared. <laughs> Um, I like to try to be sometimes, or at least act like I am. Um, so if you've got themes that you think it would be interesting to have me cover, lay them on me. I can't make any promises because I don't know a lot, but I might be able to do it. Um, Kim likes hearing about doofus, and that's wonderful, although I do have to say the knucklehead has been a little obnoxious <laughs> these last couple of weeks with spring fever. Oh, my word, he's been driving me up a wall. Um because, you know, we had spring for all of about five minutes and then went back to winter. <laughs> so, so he's been, he's just been in a mood. Um, but this year he actually managed to lose all of his tennis balls. Normally this time of year, we suddenly have a crop of tennis balls in the backyard again, because once the snow melts, they all reappear. I haven't seen a single one, so I just had to buy him some new tennis balls. Um, well, any of you who know, have a golden retriever, you know about the tennis balls. <laughs> It just, it comes with the territory. Uh, let's see. Denise just wanted to rub it in. I think that she has already finished her everything in its bag, uh, everything in its place bag from Crassy, um, which I just have to say you're a poopy head. But anyway, <laughs> Denise did also point out that she didn't think hers was perfect, but I will put my imperfection up against yours any day, sweetheart. We'll see. I have, I'm at the point where mine is pretty much well, I've, I've got to finish still making some of the components. I haven't gotten to the point of putting all the components together. Um, so we'll see how well, <laughs> we'll see how well this all works. Um, and thank you, Joyce, for your comments about what you appreciate about the podcast. Um, I hadn't even really been able to put it into those words myself in my own, my own head. Um, embracing learning new things and exploring options and finding what I'm most patient, passionate about. Um, yeah, it really has been five years of kind of moving along certain paths. I, I would have never predicted five years ago that I'd be doing the stuff I'm doing now. Um, and, and so it was interesting to have you sort of pick up on certain themes, which I, I really appreciated hearing you mention that. So thank you, Joyce. Um, Quilt and Jenny about that therapy group for, for uh, survivors of Quilting for the Rest of Us. I will make you the charter member. <laughs> Quilt and Jenny is another one that's been around since day one. And has um, been a very active commenter as well on myself and a lot of other podcasts, and she's had her own brushes with that. Um, so thank you, Quilt and Jenny, for being part of the group from the get-go. Myrna wants to know how I have time to look at all the Craftsy classes. Um, I'm actually a little sneaky about it sometimes. I I do things like I'll watch it while I'm on my iPad while I'm eating breakfast or lunch. I watch on planes or in hotels. Um, I will often 
watch certain lessons at one and a half speed or two speed if it, only certain I mean obviously a lot of them I have to actually watch at regular speed but there are some times when I'm just kind of trying to get a gist of where they're going next or um, like the painting class I'm going through now I'm really just watching the class to pick up techniques to work on other things so that one I'm pretty much watching in double speed it's one of, it's one of the very first craftsy classes they ever put out and you can tell the difference because you spend a lot of time watching her paint and now I think they would trim all of that I think they'd edit that out and you'd kind of see the first few steps and then you would you know they'd cut to the end um, this one you're actually watching the entire process of painting now I have to say um, I Annette Kennedy I think is the name is of the teacher um, I haven't watched it in a couple of weeks um, she does it very well and she keeps up the conversation <laughs> while she's painting but the, you know yeah I'm, I'm doing double speed on that one a little bit so um, those are some of the tricks now again I am there are certain crafty classes I've been working on for a couple of months can you say Sue Spargo <laughs> and so yeah it's just it's a matter of what class I'm doing cooking classes tend to go faster for me than quilting classes so I can I can get through cooking classes more quickly because I'm watching them and then I'm just doing a recipe or two to kind of see I think the only cooking class that took me a long time was the bread I think bread took me a while to get through because I was actually trying to make every one of the recipes in there and boy they were good that's uh artisan bread making with Peter mm, can't remember his name right now but look on my blog I raved about that class uh so anyway that's how I do it Marina um <laughs> I'm sorry the screen name sounds like um I don't know quiltnnnn q-l-t-n-n-a-n um called me out on my gift for enabling no <laughs> I can't I can't defend myself on that sorry um, but I figure if I'm spending my own money I'm sure as heck taking people down with me <laughs> Linda uh, Lindy do the Cindy Walters class on painting on fabric for sure uh, you mentioned in your comment about that um, yeah it's a good class and that was the uh, March journal quilt I just finished that you'll see on my blog on Tuesday was based on something she did in that class so um, yeah it's a good class and I absolutely love that I've inspired Carrie to be creative because that is definitely what I'm all about I do that a lot at work too um, so yeah go be creative everybody and then get rid of it give it up and be free <laughs> I'm gonna have quite a string of closing um, quotes you know go get your quilty on be creative but also get rid of it give it up and be free and to Hella and her doppelganger I hope one of you is enjoying the crafty class <laughs> which is a comment that only Hella will know um oops sorry messing with the desk again I said my uh, to myself I wasn't going to do that this week because I know it rattles in the microphone so that those are the um fifth podcast anniversary comments I want to now do a listener feedback to blog comments for the last several weeks um, I am going to list out names of everybody because I would do again I love comments and I really want to say thank you to everybody who comments and so me saying your name is one of the ways I do that um, I'm only going to say your name once even if you commented multiple times but if you commented multiple times I do kind of like you a little better <laughs> so anyway Eileen Jenny and Connie um, and Connie wants me to start a 12-step program for those of us with the craftsy addiction 
there's there's something to be said for that. Um, thank you also to Tammy and Colleen, who apparently I talked into buying Debbie Caffrey's Cut To It class on Craftsy. Great class. Yes, you should have bought it. Um, and to Denise, who loved the introvert link way back on, um, oh, that was several weeks ago now on the Fight the Funk Friday post. It was a great link, though. Um, and Very Lazy Daisy also loved the introvert link. Found a bunch of you who have experienced the introvert meltdown. <laughs> up there because I've had a lot of comments on that particular blog post. Um, thank you also to Marianne and Holly, Trish, Gail, Jamie, Noni, uh, Noni being a multiple commenter, Jessica, Sherry D, um, Donna, who thinks she has me beat in the number of UFOs, but do remember I have revised my list now, so you might want to go look at my list and see if you're still up there with me. Um, Natalie, Diane, Kathy, Jackie, and Quilt and Jenny, yes, the Stellar app is great. It is still one of my faves. I still check it a couple times a week. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Anybody else who doesn't know what I'm talking about, go back on, oh, blog or podcast. I don't remember now, two to three weeks ago, because I found Stellar when I was on one of my work trips in March. That's Stellar, S-T-E-L-L-E-R. Thank you to Carol and to Charlotte and to Terry, um, who said the disappearing four patch pattern always turns out well. And yeah, I think it always does. Um, Bo Liz also commented on the disappearing four patch and she said she might want to try it. Do. It's it's not quite as simple as the disappearing nine patch because you got a little more going on with it, but um, it's still a very simple, fast pattern. It's a great way to use charm packs and it works out, turns out pretty cute. A thank you also to Beverly and Kati. Kati's a, a quite routine commenter. Thank you, Kati. Um, email from Carrie. Keep me posted on what you decide. You know what I mean. Uh, Judy, sorry you moved away from Wegmans. <laughs> I guess you'll just have to come visit. Uh, Jean, thank you for your kind words on embroidery. And yeah, I do usually prefer machine to hand, but um, as you know, I'm really digging this embroidery thing. So yeah, this one might stick. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, Sue, thank you for your kind words on my ribbon uh, candy quilting design on my disappearing four patch. <laughs> I really was not happy with the way that turned out. On the other hand, I'm also cutting myself a whole lot of slack because it was the first time I ever tried to do it. But it is, um, oh, it's a lot. It's very deceptively hard to do. It looks like it's such a simple design, but wow, trying to keep those ribbons even. Uh, wow. Um, th <laughs> thank you to Cindy for sending me a wonderful email. Thank you to Jennifer in Indy, who is, by the way, going through her stash and cutting it into fat quarters for the Guild's Show Mystery Bags. And that means she has gotten over 30 yards of fabric out of her stash so far. That's so far. And this that blog post was or comment was a couple of weeks ago. So Jennifer, give me an update. What are you up to now in terms of getting rid of your stash? That was, we don't really, we don't do guild shows, um, but there are a lot of ways that I could probably cut some of my fabrics up and donate them to my guild to use on for donation quilts. But they're also trying to get rid of some fabric now. So I think I'll wait a little bit if I decide to do that. Um, thank you to Jeannie C., and thank you to Susan for, um, Susan sent me an email congratulating me on the doctor ministry and um, made some other comments. We ended up having a great conversation back and forth, several emails. So that's something I always appreciate happening. Um, so thank you to Susan as well. Um, now, a few comments that I really wanted to, uh, again, highlight. Denise, um, oh, this is, <laughs> this is where 
Denise was again talking to me about the Annie Unrine class. She is taking it too. And she swear it says, I swear I enrolled before you did, and it's true because it's part of my gift word for 2015 to make these bags for Christmas gifts. So she's trying to make me feel better about the fact that she finished her bag and I still haven't because she started hers sooner. I still know I'm taking an inordinately long time to finish mine. Anyway, she says, uh, Denise says, I finished the first one and I agree with you on the thread colors. I do think I'm going to try using some superior invisible thread, which seems to work pretty good for me in most applications. I have ordered the fabric from Craftsy for the hanging cosmetics bag, and I think I will buy a separate set of fabrics for the same bag and make two of them at the same time. That seems efficient, she says. Denise, one word for you, overachiever. <laughs> she says her goal for April is to finish the Scrapitude assignment and then finish the quilt for her dad's 80th birthday, which is in June. So um, if I could actually get my everything in its place bag done like this week does that mean we're on a race to the finish on the cosmetics bag although you're doing two overachiever so i don't know <laughs> you'll probably still beat me with both of them um oh jennifer asked me if i had ever been to erica's which is a great shop and only about 40 minutes west of lollies and no i never have um if it's 40 minutes west of lollies then yeah I, I probably wouldn't stop there on my way home from Wisconsin if indeed I'm ever in Wisconsin again um, because that wouldn't be quite far enough for me to make my trip I always I stop at Shipshawana because it's a really good stopping place um, and then I actually go a little bit further and stay overnight near Toledo um, so just it you know just works out beautifully with what I need but anybody else might want to check into Erica's 40 minutes west of Lolly's. Jennifer, if you want to leave another comment and say what town it's actually in for other people to be able to find, that would be great. Um, Carol said that she would get really depressed if she listed all of her UFOs. And she also implied I had a lot more than she did. <laughs> Thank you, Carol. Um, she said, anyway, I did decide that this would be a year finishing, but right now I just want to get the finished tops quilted. She says, I gathered them up and counted 16. I finished one last week and I'm determined to get it down to below 10 before I start another quilt. And she says, I'll also finish some small items that didn't count. So actually, Carol, I think you and I are probably, that sounds like we might be about even on the number of our UFOs, but mine, I don't, I have a few that only need to be quilted. Most of them have a lot more work <laughs> than that they need on them. Um, and she asked whether I got to the DAR Museum in DC to see the quilt exhibit. And no, it was actually uh, closed. It, it reopened like one of our last days that we were there and I just couldn't work out getting over there. So that was kind of depressing. But I think, well, the textile museum, maybe the DR, DAR Museum is different, but the textile museum was closed until, like I said, halfway through a trip and then I couldn't get over there. So I never did get to the textile museum. Um, Let's see. Natalie says uh, she left a post on one of my progress and goals blog posts. She says, I like the idea of setting goals and measuring myself against my goals. I don't know if it would frustrate me when I do not or cannot live up to my goals. I work better, though, on a deadline. Maybe I should add those to my crafting life, too. But crafting is for fun and relaxation as an antidote to the time constrictions of my work life. And Natalie, that's exactly what it is for me as well. And I think I've talked about this on previous episodes. Um, that 
my work life has got to be, it's so deadline driven and it's so, um, you know, detail and everything's got to happen in kind of certain way. I mean, I don't want to, I have a very creative job in a lot of ways um, and a lot of leeway in my job in a lot of ways, but I still have to stay extraordinarily organized and really on top of things and very deadline driven. And usually I don't like my quilt life to be that way. Um, but when I start getting to the point where I find myself um, sort of having mental frizzle outs <laughs> in the middle of a project because I've got way too many UFOs taking up mental energy, then I have to do myself the favor of kind of clearing the decks. And so that's why I'm doing the progress and goals right now. I'm not saying I'm going to do this the rest of my life. In fact, I may only do it for a few months. And then when I start feeling like things are back under control again, I will stop doing it. But right now I've just really got to make some progress on some stuff so that it stop, it'll stop taking up space in my brain and, you know, on my shelves because all of these UFOs are taking up space. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. So Natalie, you, you just need to figure out what you need to do to be happy. <laughs> is basically what it is. If you don't feel the need to have goals in your crafting life, don't make goals just because other people are doing it. And I think a lot of times, it's like in everything else, um, you will always hear people who say, this is what I do, you should do it too. I really try never to do that. Because, <laughs> you know, we all do what we're going to do and what we need to do. And like I said, for me, I go through phases. There are times when I do this kind of thing. And then there are times when I'm just like, hey, whatever, um, I'm going to work on whatever flips my switch today. So I don't know if that made any sense. <laughs> it was a long day yesterday, I will say that. Um, Denise, this is a diff different Denise, I believe, uh, said on my Monday musings, I don't know which one, um, I think it was the first Monday musings that I did. Uh, she says, good advice, but I need to apply it to my document storage closet. I have work papers from nearly 30 years ago in there. Uh, she says, yesterday I was frantically searching for my birth certificate and my husband's, which she found, thank goodness, she says, and realized that many of the things with sentimental va value last year when we cleaned out the closet no longer have that same appeal to me. I've only been quilting sewing for a year and a half, so I've not accumulated much in the way of stash of rulers. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, that's the same thing for me as I was, there's certain aspects of my sewing room that I needed to kind of tackle, but it, really it's the rest <laughs> It's the rest of my house and my house is in really good shape. It's just certain shelves, certain closets, you know, you always end up with those kind of black holes of stuff that it just gets sucked in there and never seen again. And <laughs> so my next big projects are my pantry. I really need to address my pantry and I particularly need to address it before my daughter moves on home and starts putting her own stuff in her pantry. And I have shelves in my office um, that I need to address. And we're gonna to have to go back down to the basement. We did clean our basement. We still have some stuff in the middle of the floor that we have to take out for garbage because we had too much to put it all out at once. So we're sort of, you know, sloughing it out a week at a time. Um, but I'm gonna to have to buy some more shelves and things because my daughter, when she moves home, is gonna bring, you know, four years worth of college stuff with her. And until she gets in an apartment, which probably won't be for at least a year, that stuff's all gonna be in my basement and I don't want it piled on the floor. So we're gonna have some organization we have to do down there too. Um, thank you, Denise, for your comment. Joyce also commented on the Monday Musings, and she says, your thoughts really resonate with me. I've been trying to finish up those UFOs from years past, and I'm finding I'm so very tired of all the tan backgrounds. <laughs> I'm about to finish the top of a block of the month, which I had originally thought I'd hand quilt, 
but now the thought of spending almost a year working on a quilt I'd rather not look at that long is causing me to re reconsider. I realize I've had much more fun doing the quilts for the 11 grandchildren over the last 12 years, which is why some of these other projects became UFOs in the first place. Apparently the days of happily working on three or four projects simultaneously are gone for me. Perhaps seeing one project from start to finish is the better approach for me at this stage of life. And she ends with, I honestly don't want to leave a huge stack of unfinished work behind. <laughs> Which, you know, could be considered a morbid thought, but we'll, <laughs> we'll just go with it. There is part of me that kind of feels like, well, maybe I should just box up some of these UFOs and stick them in the basement and let my daughter find them. And then she has to figure out what to do with them because I, she's showing no signs at the moment of being a quilter, but I also didn't at her age either. So who knows? Um, but in any case, yeah, I, everybody, I'm giving you permission to get rid of UFOs if they're just not flipping your switch anymore. Just get rid of them. Take them to your guild. Put them up on eBay. It, there are people who really do seriously love finishing other people's UFOs. Um, so do it. Get rid of the guilt. Okay, uh, Gay said also on Monday Musings, boy, my organizational posts are really kind of striking a chord with people. <laughs> and she says, um, I'm teaching a beginner's quilt class on Saturday and will now plan on sharing the wealth. She says, I can think of about five projects that I put together, but then lost interest in that I can find a new home for. That's a great idea. If you're around beginner quilters or teaching a beginner's quilt class, some of the stuff you've got, they would love to have. And particularly, I think, if they're just, for example, learning to free motion quilt, give them one of your old UFOs to work on because then they'll have no emotional investment in this project. They won't have spent hours piecing something together. They may feel a lot more free to actually experiment on it. So, hey, there's a thought. Um, now, she Gay goes on to say, may I share one helpful step that I implemented in my quilt process? I purchased the AccuQuilt Go Baby and some basic dies. The five inch and the two and a half inch are my go-to. After I complete a project, all the extra fabric is immediately gone through, and then I cut up the scraps and fabric I don't plan on using again in the near future. I store them by size in these nifty plastic stackable drawers. I find people are so happy to get a few stacks of five inch squares. It's amazing how quickly you can cut four charm packs worth of fabric. And of course, I keep the fabric squares I know I love and will use at a later time. And that's actually a great idea. For a while, I was in a pretty decent habit of whenever I finished a project, I would immediately cut up the rest of the leftovers into usable, into the scrap sizes that I tend to use, which are the two and a half inch strips, five inch squares, two and a half inch squares, um, and two inch squares. I think I was also collecting for a while. I think I also had some 10 inch. Um, now what I'm finding is I'm now getting rid of the five inch squares, the two and a half inch squares. I'm just getting rid of all of it. Um, our guild actually has an AccuQuilt Go Baby. Um, we own it as a guild now because I, I think the guild bought it from Vicky's estate, Vicky being the woman who passed away. So the guild bought it from her husband and now has it as a guild. And so that's something I could certainly, if I go down on a sew day and just bring some of my fabric and just stand and slice it into pieces, um, and then, then other people could use it or whatever, you know, that might be something I do. Any of you who do have an AccuQuilt Go Baby or just, you know, are not entirely sure what to do with your leftover fabric, just slice it up into usable pieces. And it is true. There's pretty much anyone you can mail off five inch and two and a half inch squares. I know I've done it a few times. I just put them in the mail and make them gone. Um, and thank you, Gay, who also congratulated me on the, on my uh, demon studies. Thank you to Lauren 
um, also commented on, <laughs> on that same blog post. Uh, she says, I have a friend who throws nothing away. She's not a hoarder, but she can't stand to see something that could be used by somebody for something go in the trash. Um, and she had decided under her influence, she was going, uh, Lauren was going through clothing a while back and decided that some of her old clothes were no longer fit to be worn. So she decided to cut it up into tarn, T-A-R-N, which is a lovely term for yarn created from old t-shirts. She says, so off to the studio they went where they have lived all winter waiting for me to walk in with nothing better to do than cut them into strips. This weekend, I convinced myself that the world would not come to an end if I took that pile and put it in the trash. My friend doesn't have to know she lives three states away from me. I'm sorry, Lauren, if she knows now. Hopefully she doesn't listen. <laughs> the kitties I was going to turn them into beds for will not suffer. I'm giving my three free motion quilting practice pieces to the animal shelter for those use. And since I only have enough trash to put my can out every other week, I don't even feel guilty about putting them in the landfill. And look at it this way, Lauren, in the landfill, they will provide a home for little critters because they will love finding that warm, soft, cozy t-shirt. So see, folks, it is okay to throw stuff out. Um, Kate also, uh, oh, this is Kate from Quilting Daydreams. Good to hear from you again. I think it's been a while. Welcome back. Um, Kate, also on the same post, adores Wegmans. Yep. It's worth adoring. It really is a great grocery store. Um, it's also one of the best places to work. Uh, that's a sidebar. Uh, it's Laura, Kate from Quilting Daydreams says, I have the hardest time getting rid of fabric. I'm still so new to quilting that I say everything. I remember not to have anything to play with. However, I can understand what you are saying about you holding it, about it holding you back. I just need to get in there and play with my fabric. I tend to overthink a project to the point that I don't get started. Um, and yeah, I mean, when I was a new quilter, I only bought fabric for each project. So I had my stash, such as it was, I think fit in four shoe boxes, plastic shoe boxes. That was my stash. Um, it really wasn't actually until I moved into this house <laughs> and had room that my stash got bigger. Um, so it, you, everybody needs to decide what size stash is right for you. Here's what I do suggest. And I did an episode on this way back, I think in my first year might have been early in my second, but I did one on how to build a usable stash. And that's the best thing I ever did for myself because for several years, I was easily able to work off my stash. I still could, you know, I can easily go to my stash and at a whim do a project. And it's not because the stash is so big. It's because it's actually a very smart stash. Um, I had done a lot of reading and kind of research on what size, fabrics you should buy, you know, how much yardage of any given fabric you should buy, um, which there is no hard and fast rule, obviously, to a degree, you've got to figure it out yourself. But there are some good guidelines. And, you know, seeing if you see a, a celebrity quilter who does a lot of quilts of the size and type that you would see, see if they ever talk about how much fabric they buy, because that would give you a good benchmark. Um, but in any case, you go through, you figure out, you sort your stash by color and value you figure out where the gaps are and you buy to the gaps. Rather than just going in and buying whatever fabric catches your eye, if you do that, you're gonna end up with a whole stash of medium value prints. That's pretty much how it works. <laughs> so if you want a really workable stash, just be smart about it. And my stash is very workable. And so in that regard, I'm good with it. Um, it's just not, like I've said before, it's just not the kind of stuff I'm really doing as much anymore. So. Anyway, um, Kate from Quilting Daydreams, maybe I ought to mail you some of my fabric. That might be a thing. 
Um, and thank you to Jody, who also left a comment on the same blog post. Um, and she says, a very quilty greeting from Switzerland this lovely drizzly morning. I don't think I've heard from Switzerland before, so that's cool. Thank you, Jody. Um, and she says, I know how many problems your stash is giving you because she's listened to the podcast. She says, I don't have so much of a problem in size, but it was getting very disorganized and then I had to move. Um, she says, I'm currently making a row by row quilt that is a make work project. So I have, I have learned the lesson of doing those kinds of projects. In other words, a project that you're doing just to get rid of stash or just for some other reason. Um, she says, you don't like the fabric, so why are you making it? I think I'm going to make a checklist for fabric buying, you know, criteria for buying so that I don't make any huge mistakes again like I did for this quilt, buying all this fabric because someone I wanted to make a quilt for would like it. Um, so yeah, Jody, I just actually talked about that, is how to build a good stash. And like I said, way back when, somewhere in the annals of my <laughs> quilting podcast, there is one about doing a, a stash. And maybe what I should do is just kind of update it and talk about that again. Because now I could also talk about how to build a stash for what you're actually doing now. Because <laughs> that would be the perspective I would bring to it now. And what to do when you've outgrown your stash or when your tastes change. Um, it could be a whole different episode now. Okay, uh, Jackie, when on my progress and goals for um, the week of April 5th, so this might have been my first one, she says, how do you feel as if, feel, or do you feel as though you'll ever get through them? I know my list, in other words, UFOs can get long, but I like things neat and tidy and it helps keep me on track. So while it doesn't feel very organized at times, my monthly list is, plus I love checking things off. She says, it never seems that I get all the things done in a week that I hope to, but my weekly review really puts it into perspective as I generally get more done than I thought I did. And Jackie, that's exactly why I started ripping you off. <laughs> I mean, um, you know, flattery being imitation. That's why I started doing the progress and goals weeks based on the fact that you were doing yours, because it really does seem like it's a good way to say, hey, I actually kind of did get something done this week. Um, as even if it's not everything you wanted to get done, as well as keeping you focused on the coming week. So thank you for giving me that idea to do that. And I really do think it's been helping me. Um, Carol said almost the same thing. I thought I had a lot going on, but I think I'd get really depressed listing them all. Um, and actually, I think I've already... Oh, I did. I already read her comment. I'm sorry. I got it confused in my notes. Um, so yeah, doing the progress and growth has been very helpful. Now, I don't think, maybe this was a later comment, so this might be what I'm responding to next week, in which case I'm sorry. Um, but somebody, could it be Donna? <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't have the notes in front of me on this. Um, had come, it, it keeps her own sort of progress and goals. And she has categories. Is that you, Donna? Or is that someone else? I'm sorry if it's someone else who has... Um, goals that are one new thing, one old thing, one handmade thing. There's She's got kind of categories. And I've really been thinking that might be a very useful thing to also rip off, I mean borrow, <laughs> and kind of look at doing my goals every week that way. Um, right now I've just got some stuff I've got to finish. They're sort of time constrained things. So once I get those off the deck, then I may look at um, kind of formatting my progress and goals that way. So that's all the comments I'm talking about in this episode. And like I said, next week, I'll catch up on everybody else's comments. We're kind of be back to normal next week, more or less as normal as we ever get on this episode. And I will try to actually um, have some comment, maybe a theme. Maybe I'll do a theme next week and I should be able to post next week. No. Oh, yes. Well, no. <laughs> 
okay, would you like me to have a conversation with you rather than myself in my head? <laughs> um, I actually go out of town next Sunday. I forgot about that. I'm driving out of town next Sunday and Sunday is typically when I post my podcast episodes. So if I can pull one off Saturday, Friday night or Saturday before I leave town, I will try to do that. But I've got a lot of other stuff going on next weekend. So I may not end up getting a podcast out next week. So forgive me. And that means I'm going to be all off on my comments again, um, which just means I'm going to have to say thank you in more generic terms to everybody rather than actually doing listener feedback. Man, I can't catch up. Um, anyway, that's it for this episode. So let's talk about how you can send me comments, even if I'm not actually able to respond to them on air. You can email me at sandyquilts at gmail.com, sandy with a Y, quilts with a Z. You can follow me on the blog. You can follow me on Twitter or Pinterest and um Flickr, all of those places. I'm Sandy with a Y, Quilts with a Z, and on Craftsy. You can friend me on Goodreads. You can like the Quilting for the Rest of Us page on Facebook. You can join the Quilting for the Rest of Us group in Flickr, and please do, because I love to see your pictures. Although some of you have been sending them to me on Facebook in our Quilting for the Rest of Us page too, which is pretty cool. You can also join the Quilting for the Rest of Us Kiva team and do good all over the world. And you can find links for all of those things and more at my website at www.quiltingfortherestofus.com. And until next time, go get your quilty on. Quilting for the Rest of Us is dedicated to Shirley. Love you, Mom. 